You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it. In the first place, to me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Ashley. Thank you for being on with me this morning, Queen, for the intellectual outcasts out there listening, if you will, say hello to them. And introduce yourself before I introduce our, both of our special guests. Sure. Good morning, y'all. Happy Saturday morning. Uh, I hope everyone is doing well. My name is Ashley Thomas. I am a personal finance coach, owner of Making Money Matter. You probably heard the ads. You probably heard me on here before. I'm excited to be here this morning. Now, absolutely. You are one of our queens of intellect members, and I highlighted and pointed you out for this show because. This morning's discussion question, you are heavy in part and still out there in the dating pool, if you will, and I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag of the discussion question early this morning. Uh, millennial relationships, does the dating pool have pee in it? And the reality is it ain't just the millennials. It's the dating pool for all of us. But I wanted to attract some young people, and I am fortunate enough to have very special guests on this morning. None other than Chief Pharaoh. This queen rocked out at the Mental Dialogue Live experience last night. If you will, queen, say hello to the intellectual outcast. Thank you for being on with us. And if you will, give a little background in, in relation to today's question as well, because you're, you're definitely a part of the dating pool currently, if you will, as we are going to be sharing one of your amazing poems to help us with this morning's discussion. But thanks for being with us, queen. Thank y'all. Hello, Holis Good Noodles. Thank y'all for having me this morning on the Mental Dialogue. Um, and you said to address quickly what um, my poem is about? Or just, no, 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 no. Just so that any of your background, you know, let them know you're a spokesperson. Any background. I, I, oh, great. I pointed it out. And then anything that you wanted to make reference to in your background that relates to today's question. So sorry if I didn't make that clear. 
No, 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 no. I'm uh, Hi, Good Doodles. I'm She Pharaoh, the Grand Doodle Griot. You dig it? I am a storyteller and your resident Good Noodle. I'm also a curator in the event, in the Atlanta area. I do curate events and uh, produce various shows throughout the Atlanta area. Um, you can follow me. Get at me at she.pharaoh on Instagram. So you know, that is she.pharaoh on Instagram. Currently, um, <laughs> a lot of my pieces have been about dating because I'm um, in that space. You know, I'm 22 years old, so I'm finally, like, stepping into my own as far as romance is concerned. And um, I, it does pose its challenges, especially, like, I'm learning that my early childhood poses its challenges on dating currently. Um, it also makes it a little bit more difficult to discern who's really for you and who's not for you. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to this, this talk today because um, I feel like it's going to be very informative and it's going to push us forward as an as a, as a people so thank you for having me no absolutely our goal is always hashtag raise the culture this next guest doesn't need any introducing as he helped me hold down again the mental dialogue live experience last night this is none other than vip spoken word artist sincere sincere relationship coach i'm pretty much still in the bag on this background but if you will king Say hello to the intellectual outcast out there listening and anything else you want to add to your background before we get started on this morning's discussion question. Peace, family. Peace and love to everybody. Uh, what's up, sisters, goddesses, queens? Uh, what's up, my brother, King God? Um, I am happy to be here, and my background is simple. Uh, I care for my people, I love my people, and I care to do something about it, and I do that in a few different ways as a full-time creative. So I do that as a poet, a speaker, an author, a holistic relationship coach. But uh, I'm also an activist. I'm out here in these streets with my people daily. And uh, I like to say, most importantly, I'm a proud husband and your brother. So that makes us family. So let's build, fam. Nah, I love it. Um, and right quick, before we get into this morning's discussion question, if all of y'all were at the live experience, I mean, we've had plenty of amazing live experience, but last night, is one of the heights, in my opinion, on the amazing way to end the year. So, Ashley, I'm going to throw it back to you real quickly because you actually snuck in. I didn't know you were going to be able to come. But for the, the, a quick statement on what you saw last night, and I'll get their thoughts because both of them served as special guests as I hooked up with Sincere, the arts and culture show where you put on the community checkup and brought mental health to the live experience. So just a quick thought from you and, then we, and for both of them, and then we'll get into this morning's discussion. Go ahead, Ashley. Uh, yeah, you know, the show was amazing. It just, the one thing that I really love is that, you know, like you always promote, we tackle those hard conversations. So being able to talk about mental health, being able to talk about relationships and the dynamic between black men and black women and the responsibility that we have to define things for ourselves. Um, I, I think, you know, the show did a great job of highlighting that, that there's still work that needs to be done and that we have to come together to kind of move forward as a collective. No, I love it. Chief Pharaoh, last night was your first experience of the live experience. So, again, a quick thought because we want to get into this morning's discussion, but I thought it would not be right because today is really an extension of last night. So if you could just highlight just personally to me your feeling about experiencing the live experience for the first time, just a quick thought. 
it was beautiful. It was um, the definition of black people, people in general, just humanity getting together and really sitting down to sort out its issues and do it in such a way where it's amicable and no one feels as though they're out of place or it's not safe to be vulnerable. That was beautiful. Uh, thank you. Sincere, again, thank you, brother. The Arts and Culture Show and Mental Dialogue linked up. Uh, thank you for all of your efforts with the Community Checkup, which was our mental health Zoom we were doing once a month, and last night was a culminating a first live event, bringing mental health to the people. So one thought on that, King, and we'll get started with this morning's discussion. Yeah, man, I think it's awesome, and I appreciate you for stepping out and stepping up for our community, man, because we have to celebrate uh, each other as we do things that are proper to encourage healing and to help our people grow and elevate uh, to our rightful uh, position. So I want to celebrate you in this moment, brother, because I appreciate you and your efforts, man. No, thank you. Shout out to uh, Jess Ray. Um, that's a name we won't let leave our mouths. He's the brother that encouraged. May Sincere come to me and say, hey, we got to do something for our community. We lost that brother to suicide August of a couple of years ago in August, and we kicked off the community checkup for two years. We're no longer doing it online, but we will bring events from time to time, and it's only right that we highlight that, brother. All right, to get started with this morning's discussion, we're almost up against the break, so I'm not going to start our typical ways. What did you think when you first heard the question, your first thought? I will highlight and say this, and we'll go into the break, and we'll get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion. Uh, the discussion question, millennial relationships, does the dating pool have P in it? I'll give a thought, go to break, and then we'll get into the conversation. And that thought is simply this. The dating pool has always had P in it. For all this time, the people were out there dating in, you know, years ago and up until now. Uh, I think the bigger issue now is relationships and moving into marriage, which is a lot of people's ultimate goal, not that everybody's goal, but moving into marriage, which I will equate it to swimming in the deep end of the pool. And the issue is not so much that, you know, you catch that little warm spot in the pool so you know you just got hit with the pee, right? That, that doesn't happen every time you swim, but that happens every now and then. So this pool has been in the pee for years, been pool, pee been in the pool for years. But the issue is we're getting thrown in the deep end and don't know how to swim. That's the issue, in my opinion. So hopefully today's discussion will teach y'all how to swim. We'll be right back. We're going to our first break. When we come back, we will get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion, which is millennial relationships. Does the dating pool have P in it? We'll be right back. Is that you think? Do you simply want your taxes done this tax season, or do you prefer to have your taxes completed by a professional on top of current and constantly changing tax codes? If so, look no further than S. Kinds Accounting and Tax Services, where each year, plenty of satisfied customers from around the country return for an efficient and professional tax experience. For small businesses, S. Kinds Accounting and Tax not only provides bookkeeping and accounting on a monthly, quarterly, and or yearly basis, but S. Kinds Accounting and Tax goes above and beyond to provide yearly tax strategies to increase the bottom line, profits. While no one likes when Uncle Sam or the IRS comes knocking, know you're in good hands with S-Kinds Accounting and Tax. Call them today at 770-947-3667. Again, that's 770-947-3667. Or email them at advice at thetaxcoach.com. My generation. 
generation has had to develop adaptations when it comes to this dating thing, this love thing. One adaptation being tough skin, taking punches to the chest, eating them like grapes, moving on, pretending it never happened, making Caspers out of lust, prospects, we grieve new loves every day, stuck in a cycle of wanting to be alone and then not wanting to be by ourselves, not to mention online dating fucking sucks. Seriously, who came up with this shit? But it's how we date, apparently. I learned that if you really want to see how tall he is, look at where his waist stops in relation to the doorknob. Then you'll see how high his self-pride if he decides to grab hold of said doorknob in order to exert the energy to open it for me. If he can't go out of his way just a little bit, is he really tall enough for me? Handsome enough for me? I've had to weep for and adapt the Southern chivalry's death and the murdering of gentlemen, and only a handful of these men give me hope that these boys will grow into Langston's or bees, rocking with degrees of heat but still protecting the throne. Heavy is this head that holds this crown. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, millennial relationships, does the dating pool have pee in it? As we have special guest Chief Farrell, as well as Sincere Sincere, both VIP spoken word artists. Chief Farrell, with that piece. You just heard of, for anybody out there listening, you just heard a piece from She Pharaoh. It's the opening to one of her pieces. So if you will, Queen, tell them the name and any thought that out of that particular piece that I played that relates to this morning's discussion, does the dating pool have P in it? But thank you for that piece, Queen. Go ahead. Thank you for having me once again. So um, that piece in particular, it doesn't have a title. Um, I left it untitled for various reasons. Uh, the piece was a birth of just thought. Um, I think the piece, uh, the the part that really I feel sums up um, what it's like to date in this generation is um, the part where I say, and it, you all didn't hear it in the clip, but I basically say that. Um, I want you, I want you, you to know, focus on the clip, of, clip if you will. If you focus oh, on the clip, oh, oh, focus on the, the clip. Later. Okay, my apologies. Yeah, my apologies. My uh-huh. apologies. No problem. So, um, in the clip, I mean, shoot, in the clip, uh, everything really. So you talk about, you know, we make casters out of love prospects. We grieve new loves every day. Um, I think everyone is familiar with ghosting, but um, in my generation in particular, we experience that and we use it um, way more often than not. It's something that I've kind of had to grow accustomed to, and a lot of people in my generation have had to come grown accustomed to um, the idea that people are temporary, and um, it's it's to our detriment and to our success at the same time. Like the idea that people are temporary, but uh, in that recognition that people are temporary or sometimes are temporary, it's like we have a a tendency to be um, disposable. We treat people disposably. Like, um, you can be here today, gone tomorrow, and that's okay. Like, we're just going to be on to the next person. Um, Even with little things like chivalry, I don't believe that chivalry is dead. In fact, that I believe it is very much so alive. I just feel there are people now questioning chivalry, and they're questioning it on social media. And because people spend so much of their time on social media, they think that that is the synopsis of what people think or what men think now. Um, so even that, uh, people have a tip because I had people that would argue with me about stuff like that. Like, this is something that right. I'm not willing to settle for. I'm not willing to settle no, for, sense. whether that's not going to open the door for me. Right, yeah. So that's no, what, makes yeah. 
Now, it makes sense. I love, I love what you're talking about. This is a huge adjustment uh, for me, who's on, still on the dating scene, you know, and um, a big adjustment over the last five to seven years was the, this concept of ghosting. Um, I think I recall a time where there was typically a to a degree, an expectation of a formal, we're not doing this anymore. And even if it wasn't necessarily a full-out relationship, just done in a, in a, in a, in a they were kind of proper ways to handle that. That's obviously not the case today. Ashley, I'll let you speak to what you heard in that um, cut as well. Go ahead, Queen. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> online dating sucks. <laughs> I, I think that, uh, Everything that was said in the poem, you know, just really reflects, like, how everything is changing. And a, I don't necessarily know that it's a need for people to get on board, um, but just the importance of discernment and being able to be very clear on what you're looking for and what that looks like and what that feels like. Um, so that as you are progressing through the journey, it's easier to discern. Um, but we definitely have to have discernment because you just, you never know, you know, and with online dating, you could be meeting a representative, you could have that representative for three years, 10 years, you know, and, and so it's just a very different world out there and it's continuing to evolve. Yes, um, the words that I stood out to me, and I'm going to go to Sincere here, our, our holistic relationship coach, who we're going to look for a lot of wisdom on this conversation, but the words that just really stood out to me and respected for the younger people out there, again, I'm in the pool, if you will, as well, but um, maybe with a lot different perspective, but she goes, tough skins, take, tough skin, taking punches to the chest, eating them like grapes, moving on to pretend on pretending it never happened. She also says, stuck in the cycles of wanting to be alone and not wanting to be by ourselves. Powerful words. Any any thoughts, Cecilia, before we go, uh, you know, go to another quick part? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me bring that brother live. He's driving, so I was trying to cut out that background. Go ahead, King. You're live. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm stationary now, so we're ready to go, brother. So, so first off, I love the vulnerability uh, in the piece and how you masterfully uh, describe the feeling of what it is to online date and where you guys are in the dating process, um, uh, being in the uh, millennial space or the modern space of what dating has become. All right, so let's address the P. All right, let's just treat the whole dating scene as if it's a parking lot, right? So... If there's pee in a parking lot, it's in our best interest to walk around that pee and become cognizant of where that pee is, right? So in any situation, my sister just talked about discernment, right? So it's moving with a level of awareness that, okay, I can't walk in every space in this parking lot, but there is a path for me to take to stay free of the pee. So we have to get down to the principles of what uh, we're going to need to be cognizant of, to pay attention to, so we don't step in that pee and get it all over our car and all over our carpet, so forth and so forth. <laughs> no, nah, that's beautiful. And that's, well, again, I hope with your help today, we'll help people figure that out and we'll have these discussions, um, you know, as well. Um, 
I wanted to um, share this thought as I was getting ready for the show. It was a, I, I hate that I forgot to write down who this comes from, but I think this is something that is a real life aspect. Whether you're 22, like a Shifera, who who put that out, you know, live. When you know when you're young, you don't mind telling your age or whatever. But um, either way, um, <laughs> here's a comment that I saw getting ready for this show, and I thought it was a pretty decent thought piece to see what people are getting to because I want to take not only the concept of people being disposable and ghosting, but a part of that reality is you also get numb as she kind of mentions when she goes, you know, we, 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 we take these and eat them like grapes. Like we get so accustomed to, in a sense, in the dating pool to just becoming a reality that people actually move out of actually wanting to date. At least that's what I feel like I'm hearing in what I'm about to read here. And I just found this online on a, a, in, a in an article. Again, I, I hate that I forgot to cite where it was from. But she goes, it's a, a, a black woman wrote this. She goes, fast forward to present day. I'm 35, still single, and, has, and nothing has been kissing me. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that word right. Kiss me. Meeting men who aren't already married, have a girlfriend, copious amounts of children with the same amount of mothers for them, have a job, who aren't afraid of commitment, not an alcoholic, or don't resemble Al Bundy. Al Bundy seems to be asking <laughs> too much. So it begs the question, are my standards too high? Do I lower what I know I deserve to be able to meet anyone that has a pulse? For me, the answer is no. Listen, I know that I'm a catch. I truly believe that anyone who's ready to be serious with me will thank their lucky stars that our paths cross. However, it's the wait for said paths to intersect that is the hardest. You begin to question yourself, begin to compare. Why is it so easy for others to find love and not me? Is it a question I've asked myself often? I'll be honest in saying that in many ways, I've become jaded to love and ever finding it that sometimes it seems easier just to rock out alone and save myself the hassle and grieve of possibly being disappointed again. And I think that speaks specifically to Shifaro's words when she says stuck in cycles of wanting to be alone and not wanting to be ourselves. Um, Sincere, I'm going to start with you again. Just again, a comment I found on the internet, your thoughts to what you just heard. Oh, man, that's a very real uh, comment. Um, like what I encourage people to do as a relationship coach is it, is to understand something that's very specific. There's a difference between finding love and just finding a relationship. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between the two. All right. So, so as a happily married black man, I had to come to some realizations. All right, and the same thing with my wife, and we have these conversations often. Now, we have to get into a space to where we stop seeing what's wrong or the problem because we begin to project it and start seeing specifically what we need and what we want. When we pay attention to that, when we focus on that, when the energy flows in that direction, now we stop worrying about what's going on generally and focus on what we need and want specifically. And then your energy flows there and then it materializes into that thing that you absolutely need and want. Chief Farrow, any thoughts to that comment from a sister on the internet that I found? Yes. I'd like to say to that sister, um, you know, I feel you. I get it. Um, I just started 
you know, at this, and I completely get the the feeling like you just want to throw in the towel, just be like, man, forget it, I'm going to just be by myself, <laughs> you know, but um, a sister said to me last night, and I, it really, like, stuck with me, you know, she didn't necessarily say it to me, but it was it was definitely, it, it was said to me. Um, the person we want is going to come when we're safe for them to come. Like, we have to soften ourselves. We have to go within and figure out what it is that's making us feel like that. Why do we feel like there's a deficit within us that we can't fill by ourselves, you know? Um, We have to do that first before the person that we really want to come to us, to come to us. I wholeheartedly agree. What you put in the universe is going to come back to you. So if you stay in a cycle, I'm 30 years old and I'm still single. I ain't got no kids. I got all this money to spend. And I, you feel me? I got all this love burning in my pocket, but I have nowhere to give it. You know, you just have to redirect that energy and give it to yourself, you know. So that that's what I would say. Now, I love it. Let me point this out, Ashley, and I want to hear your thoughts to this. And so absolutely, um, you know, just as a man, you know, again, 49, still looking. So, you know, I could have a male version of this if I if I chose to, right? Um, but there's one part that kind of highlights as we kick as 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 you heard a young chief pharaoh who's always already getting this wisdom of you know in a sense finding herself. But there's this comment that she made that people say all the time that a lot of us make when we're single, and she highlights, "Hey, I don't want all these, you know, I want to avoid these type of men or whatever. Do I am I asking for too much?" And she, you know, obviously makes the funny comments about that, you know, resembling Al Bundy and things of that nature. And she goes, listen, I know that I'm a catch. And I'm highlighting that because in our journey, in a sense, becoming who we should be or who we are, there's, there's also an aspect of thinking that without realizing what your own issues are. Like you've come to believe it and without question to a degree, look down on prospects in a way that it harms you within in even how you look for relationships. Are you familiar with that thought? I know Cecilia will have some thoughts on it, but I just want to throw it to you, Ashley, in me in a sense challenging that one part, just coming to that conclusion and thinking nobody else in a sense is good enough for her is a little bit of what I hear in this piece. Your thoughts, Ashley. Um I mean I, I feel like from from her piece it seems like she has come to a point of self awareness about herself. And um, I do think that that shows up in what we accept and tolerate in relationships and, um, you know, that that concept that, like, we treat people how to – we teach people how to treat us. And so, like, if that self-love isn't there, if she's not aware that she is enough, um, she runs – potentially could run into a cycle of looking for that happiness outside of her health, outside of herself, which I think a lot of people are guilty of. Um, at the initial stages of dating until you have a level of self-awareness, until you have a level of emotional maturity to be able to say, like, whatever is happening outside of myself, like, that's all cool and great. It's icing on the cake, but everything starts with me. And so um, it sounds like she got to that point of, like, everything starts with me, and I am the foundation for all relationships that I ever have in my life and that, that self-belief, that that knowing, that surety about everything is is a very important foundation to establish. Sincere, I, I I still hear a problem within there. I don't know if you hear what I'm hearing. Any thoughts, King? Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Uh, 
uh, I often hear that 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 I am a catch majority of my uh, clientele are women. So I'll start there. And I often hear that I am a catch, I am this, I am that. So I'm like, okay, okay, great. So let's start there. For every affirmation, there's a confirmation. All right? So for every thought, there is something that confirms, concretes that thought. Then my question would be, okay, what are the results that you're getting based on the fact that you are this catch? Right? Not saying whether it's true or false, but what are the results that you're getting uh, that correlates to the fact that you are a catch. All right. So for every affirmation, there's a confirmation. So based on who you are attracting and who you are selecting as a result of that attraction says exactly what you are. So if it's not satisfactory, then there's a little bit more digging that has to be done. There's a little bit more uh, self-actualization and self-realization that has to happen so we can change it to the confirmation that you want for the affirmation that you are getting that you are the catch. Does that make sense? So can I, can I jump in? Because I, I feel like there's a part of, yeah, I feel like there's a part that is missing where there's, I, I understand the larger circle, but I also want to give respect and um, acknowledge that even, even with someone saying like, I'm a catch, you know, and all of these things. And sincere, I understand your point. Like, Hey, if, if you're, you know, a catch, like, is that reflected in your ability to make decisions? But there also has to be an acknowledgement and some grace for like people that are manipulative and that do present themselves to be um, all of these things. Like there is a level of accountability that has to happen when we stay in those situations where it's not that person. But I think one thing that is increasing is that there is a lot of manipulation that's happening in the dating pool. And I don't think that people acknowledge that enough. Like there are, I I can't tell you how many people are on dating sites that are married who front like they're single that have the ability to present as single. And then it becomes, well, you're not necessarily picking the right person, but my picking depends on someone being able to be truthful and honest with me so that I can make an informed decision. And when that's lacking, um, I think that is part of the problem. Not that it's the whole thing. I know that there are plenty of people that are truthful, but a lot of people now want their cake and want to be able to have toppings, ice cream, a Sunday brownies, cheesecake. They want everything else with it. And so there has to be some consideration made that there are people out there that are manipulative or are not self-aware um, to be able to do these things. And they are able to play the game to present like they have it together and are intentionally wasting other people's time because they already know this is not what they want, but they enjoy the chase. They enjoy the benefits mm-hmm. of everything that they're getting for that. So mm-hmm. we're, sure. we're going to play another piece from She Pharaoh. I definitely want to continue addressing what you are, but to keep the, you know keep it moving along. Thank you for that thought. I definitely want to address it. I think I'm going to let Cecilia address you first coming out of the break. We're going to play a little more of She Pharaoh's untitled poem that relates absolutely to today's discussion. Millennial relationships, does the dating pool have P in it? I suppose that's how we're supposed to look at life after loving a soul so pure. 
look at life like a chocolate bar and the bad parts are just little crumbles that didn't stay in the one piece. Even in loving, we've had to adapt to feeling nothing, being overstimulated, opinionated, on defense while riding the fence don't actually have a clue where we really want to be. If it's with you or the next, just ideas of what the perfect love would look like and not including anyone else, I'm actually an introvert. And the, wet, the rest is due for self and hide under cloaks of hopeless romantics. We can't all be hopeless. Some of us have to find love to fill up this hole, this hopelessness, this emptiness. We are overloaded with information, hyper-intelligent, and yet the intellect itself tends to go straight over our heads. And I've only met a handful of folk my age who actually fucking get it. And then there are narcissists. <laughs> who claim to see a bigger picture when the picture is only 48 by 48 when it's the problem that I can see. And as far as he can see, what I'm picturing is imaginary. So, yes, I am afraid to love again. This is fair. And much like most my age, we are afraid to give the best parts of ourselves in fear, fear of rejection or being tossed by the wayside, post-traumatic heartbreak disorder. Each time we meet someone new, our eyes grow dimmer. Love runs thinner. Broken hearts, bees, makeshift bricks, walls built bigger. Tears seep through cracks, the desire to be loved. Praying our babies ain't born for tough, but tough enough to withstand all terrain with no flats and heartbreaks or just tame cracks in their ties that serve as gripping mechanisms to this long-ass gravel road we call Love Life. We are not the only ones at war with our love and life whose hearts and minds play tug-of-war with our common sense, whose eyes get too wide sometimes, way too many options on their plate, failing to satisfy all but wanting someone, somebody to stay. We jump into freezing waters and expect the hypothermia not to drown us. We've adapted to this lonely space, though alone with myself, still wanting someone else in my place, filling the void with my back lays, I learned that I have been hypothermic this entire time without you. Rub my back and hold my hands so my feet get cold and I need for you to warm them. I need for you to warm them because shit, man. We have not adapted to this kind of cold yet. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Ashley Thomas, this morning's discussion question. Millennial relationships, does the dating pool have P in it? As we heard another cut from Shifero's amazing piece. Um, Cecile, I'm going to let you jump right in. If I could just highlight this real quick before I let Cecile jump in in response to Ashley. Um, Ashley, I will, and I'm, I think you'll hear this with probably, I'm guessing, I'm, I don't know exactly what Cecile is going to say to you, but I just want to highlight that in what Cecile was pointing out, the, the, the the idea of self-awareness that he's pointing to literally ha- has very little to do with the fact that, yes, there is abundance of people who play the game. And his response was really not necessarily in who you're picking. There's still an aspect of I'm a catch that he's just mentioning that he often sees that there's often still some missing self-awareness. And so that, is not even relating to who they're picking. I don't think that's how I hear it. Sincere, go ahead, King. Uh, absolutely, brother, and uh, a great point. And um, I definitely agree with the uh, sentiment that was uh, made. Um, absolutely, there are people out here to play the game and that wear the mask. 
Um, and what we have to realize is that 100% of the time, the person that you meet that you are looking to connect with, whether it's an intimate level of friends, so forth and so on, we all wear a mask. We are going mm-hmm. to provide the best version of ourselves, right? When we first meet someone, we're taught that way. Like we're social engineered to do that. Now, for us to receive the thing that we're looking to receive, we have to have a process that's going to protect us from those mm-hmm. folks that hide mm-hmm. behind the mask, right? So we have to be very careful because no one is going to take care of us more so than us. Not to say that we don't recognize that that's a thing, absolutely. But my job is to help people get into a victorious space as it pertains to relationship. So I have to address how we have to self-actualize the process, internalize this information to come out with the best results. I love it. We actually got a caller. Let's go to the caller. For the callers out there on the line, you do have to press 1 if you want to speak, if you're a first-time caller. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. All right, we got a few callers that want to get in. I just told them the, the key to the the key to the discussion. So let's start with 770-LAST-3377. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. 377, you live on the air. Greetings. I thought I was talking and was on mute. I apologize. Good morning, Montoya, Sincere, Sincero, and I believe it's um, Ashley. Ashley. Uh Thank you all. This is amazing. So I'm going to get right to it. The point is being made. Peace, please. I love you guys. Um, The comment, people say they are cats. And I added, but they display, they don't desire to be caught. Mm. Um, and mm. in the piece that she, Farrell said, post-traumatic heart disorder, um, when Ashley was saying how there are individuals who um, put on the imagery of desiring to be seen as um, this prize, but we often realize that um, as the comments have been, the vulnerability, the availability of really tapping into the deepest parts of who we are. Um, If we say God is love and we say we are God and God is in us, where is the love being shown? And the fear of it, I'm hearing that as a running theme in the poem, the fear of yes. being vulnerable, the fear of feeling like we're not enough, the fear of not being accepted when we show our flaws. We're perfect. We're just flawed, perfectly flawed. And um, it is scary when you've had relationships that have not, in our eyes, seem to have been successful. But what is success? We have to have our own version of what success is and base it off of what is doable and for the two that are in this successful relationship. I think that we have to let go of the fear and face every adversity resiliently. And um, I am loved. And so because I am, I'm going to attract it. 
even when it doesn't look like it. And so I just want to encourage anybody who is saying that they want to be in love, attract love, have love, be it. And that's why we're called human beings, because we're supposed to be that which we desire. No, I love it. Great thoughts. And so what I really hear out of that, which speaks to the, some, again, some words in Sheep Arrow's poem, where she says, I'm afraid to love again. This is fair. And much like most my age, we are afraid to give the best of ourselves in fear, fear of rejection or being tossed by the wayside, post-traumatic heart disorder. And each time we meet someone, our eyes go dimmer. So I hear Isna just pointing out, in addition to who they might be, sometimes we're unaware of the fear that we're projecting that may be sabotaging it as well. So great thought. I definitely have been guilty of it. Let's go to the next caller. Six, seven, eight, last three, three, zero, six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Great discussion, and thanks. Can you hear me? Yes, you're coming through live and clear, Tennis, and I hear you, King. Oh, you okay, great. <laughs> yes, yeah, so what I wanted to say, and I appreciate it uh, for having me. Uh, what I wanted to say is that I think I think one other thing that you played, uh, and I hear it keep being a recurring theme, is that people get – you know, being a great catch confused with material wealth and physical um, physiques. And what I mean by that is that when women often say they are in search of a good man, generally what I'm hearing is that they are associating it with being, you know, material wealth. And so I hear the lady, and quite often hear people say this, unless you are a narcissist, you can't be the, same, the sole individual who determines you are a good catch. And so I would, uh, uh, would encourage uh, people who are having a hard time finding a mate, you know, to have people they consider to be uh, objective, to give them an assessment of who they think they are. Because I think a lot of time we use, and I hear people say this a lot, you know, I have a good home, I have a good car, you know, I have a good job, you know, I'm a good catch. If that's what made you a good catch, you're not. I mean, it has to be more than the material things that you have. You know, are you a kind person? Mm-hmm. Are you a, a honest person? You know, can you be able to have a conversation that you don't agree with and still maintain that kindness? And so I think we have to be open to and be honest with what is it, what, is it, what does it take to be a good person, because you, I don't hear that in a lot of conversations. I think uh, we got to get away from just the, you know, material, the material things. No, no, thank you for your thoughts, King. And, uh, and I'll highlight this, and I'll, be, and I'll let Ashley jump in real quick before we go to the caller. Uh, but I do want to highlight and be fair to Ashley saying, hey, let's give this unknown sister, because I forgot to get her name when I got this quote from her. Uh, I'll give her grace in that I don't hear, I'll just, obviously we're assuming, I don't hear that from her in particular. Mm-hmm. I am highlighting, I did highlight the I'm a catch because I know it related in all of these ways. And I think Tennyson does bring a great point to how some people do mistakenly use it on things that really are not of value in the relationship. So I'm glad that it did bring out the bigger point, but I do want to offer this particular sister who I unfortunately left unknown, unnamed that grace. Um, Ashley, a quick thought, and we'll maybe get to another caller. I'm going to have to say the caller to after the break. 
Yeah, so I would say, like, I think that that's a good point, you know, like, who is determining what's a good catch. But I think the other thing that has to be noted is that what someone defines as good might be you having a home and a car. And the problem is, is that we're not having the hard conversations to get to what do you define as good so that we're on the same page. But for someone that could be good, and there's no reason for me to say or anyone to be like, well, that's not a good person, that's not a good catch because for them it is, right? That That's the dynamic that we're dealing with in the dating pool right now is that everyone has different definitions and no one is actually taking the time to define it. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to go to Shifero instead of the collar. That way I don't cut the collar off. Um, Shifero, any thoughts to what Ashley just said? I, I definitely would love to hear how what she just said hits for you, as you said, entering into this into this arena, if you will. I completely agree. I think that um, when I, because I asked this question, I asked a group of brothers that I was at, I was at an event, I asked a group of brothers that were my age, I asked them, what is it that you guys feel is like the number one issue when you guys are dating people? And he basically, they basically said the same thing that I've been saying, communication, same thing that Sister Ashley said, same thing that Sincere, everybody pretty much touched on it. We touched on fear, but communication is like a major thing. Uh, we, in the mass, you know, like we are too afraid to strip ourselves mm-hmm. all of that and just be like, this is who I am. This is what I this is what I do have to offer as of right now. Maybe I will be able to offer more later on. Maybe I won't. But this is what I have to offer. Are you willing to rock with me or are you not willing to rock, rock with me? And a lot of people are not willing to hear the – they're not ready to accept somebody not being willing to rock with them. You know, they're not really ready to accept the rejection. And on the other hand, it's just, you know, we're still figuring this shit out. We're still figuring mm-hmm. it out. And we're trying to figure it out while trying to figure out how to love ourselves at the same time or what we have to do for ourselves at the same time is learning other people and courting and dating. Cause I don't uh, think absolutely. anyone necessarily has to be alone, you know? So, yeah. No, absolutely. And this is the thing, again, that's always been a part of this out here, regardless of what time frame, is I always say to parents or whatever, teach your children that it's okay not to be liked. Um, Cause that's something that we're never taught. And so due to it, it's part of why we put together that best version of ourselves because we're so afraid of we like this person. We don't want to show the thing that's going to make them not like us first versus if you teach your children, it's okay not to be liked. You can get better at putting that up front and find out if somebody likes that part of you. Cause they're at the end of the day, over time, you're going to have to reveal it anyway. And you don't want to be whatever that thing is that you are hiding to be an issue so find that out up front, and you have to teach children from a young age it's okay not to be liked. We're going to go to a break, and we'll get to um, 857 coming out of break. Again, the number to get in this morning is 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Have you heard the adage that a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, meet Livy Blue Photography, a premier company specializing in capturing your family portraits and turning them into wall art that stands the test of time. One visit to their website, LivyBlue.com, and you will immediately be blown away by the experience as you peruse their gallery. The lead photographer, Jolivia Northern, is a published photographer with over 10 years of experience in capturing families, weddings, and school senior portraits. If you want a breathtaking photography experience, contact Livy Blue Photography at LivyBlue.com. That's L-I-V-I-B-L-U-E.com. 
funny how finally as more women are in higher education closing the wage gap and gaining more independence, there is an uptick of men calling for submissive women banning abortion and birth control anti-feminism. That reminds me of this video. This is about to be a very interesting conversation. So I was in this clubhouse room recently where a bunch of men were asking women, what do you bring to a relationship outside of your body? And then all the women responded and said, what do you bring to a relationship outside of your money? And then the answer came to me. You see my eyes watering, that means the answer came. We are both dehumanized. Wow. This person figured it out in 2013, but basically what I realized is that men being valued only by how much money they have and women being valued only by how beautiful they are actually causes both genders to only look at each other as tools. Most of our relationships today are not relationships of love, but rather transactions. But money is something we created. Value is something we created. So here's the craziest part. We imagine that our ability to create systems is what makes us human. It's funny how... That very system has made us objects. I don't know what to do about that. But I love you. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, millennial relationships, does the dating pool have pee in it? I pay a piece from, well, not a, well, Carrie Croft, who is also a well-known spoken word artist, speaking about, in a sense, gender roles today and how he sees them. And um, I'm going to bring Sincere on this first. We'll get to the caller in a little bit. Uh, But as I listen to that brother breakdown, and here's the reality, I think, of today's times, is that um, even in the use of beautiful words, again, as you you and Shifero both do, Sincere, y'all are amazing at using words. A lot of times, a lot of times things can sound amazing and great, but they could sometimes miss the reality. And so as I listen to Charity Croft, I would throw out this, and I want to hear your thoughts to this. And what he says are amazing points, but he, and he highlights the difference between things being transactional versus other aspects that he would value more important. And I would say the reality that I think we've missed today is if you're Looking for the ultimate situation, for example, to be married like you and your wife are sincere, it ends up being a little bit of both of those things, not one or the or the other. Mm-hmm. We're, in the age, we're in the age of one or the other, and and if we don't know that, that in itself is problematic. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely, and and I love I love uh, how you just put it, right? So. So when you break down transaction, right, like like the idea of transaction, what's on the other end or what's uh, something that's similar, right? So uh, oftentimes we get bogged down in the minutia or the situation or the circumstance, and often the principle is lacking, right? So, so is it principle or circumstance? The answer to that is it's both, but we need to understand where the order takes shape, what's the priority? Principle helps you to dictate circumstance or priority. Uh, so, 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 so oftentimes I like to say that me and my wife are not just married, we're happily married. So principally, that's how we move in our relationship every day, right? Love being the guiding force, which is bigger than both of us, 
right? And that's what I'm teaching folks. Love has a spiritual origin. It resonates down through your consciousness or your mind, and then it's played out physically. That's the holistic way to create a reality. Now, if your love definition isn't strong enough, if, if you guys are not living on valuable energy, L-O-V-E, if you're not living on valuable energy and it's just transactional, it's just about the stuff, there's no character involved, there's no cultural context, then we always end up with the results that we don't want. Right, so we talk about uh, communication uh, real quickly on uh, communication. We have to know the origin. We have to know what that word means because we often mean when we say uh, communication, this is my thoughts, this is what you think, we are on our squares, so since I said it, we're communicating. And that's all. Communication has an origin. Communis. C-O-M means together. Uni means one. Then the word progressed into communicare. So together one for care. Then we have communication. That is the etymology of the word. So the principle for communication is that we're coming together as one to illustrate that we care. And if that's not the mission, mm-hmm. then it is not clear and effective communication, which says wow. that your connection will not work. Wow. Let me jump to Ashley before we go to the caller. Any thoughts? To again, I love what you know Charity Croft brought to the table, but it put it into an either-or factor. Your thoughts, Queen, and then we'll go to the caller. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, what Sincere said just like hit it on the head, right? Like there, there has to be communication, and I, I think like just a slight tangent. I know we're moving ahead, but you know, I feel like the issue is acceptance. People aren't willing to accept that. We're all different. We are all coming to this with different experiences, different opinions, different everything. And that acceptance says, I see and hear what you're saying. It doesn't mean that I agree with it, but I see and hear that this is your opinion. This is your life experience. And there's no space for that in dating right now. And so that's where the communication is like really key because it gives us the opportunity to say, this is your opinion. This is my opinion. This is how we're going to operate and move forward with this. I love it. Would it be fair to offer, I don't know if this makes sense, but just for a quick thought, then we'll go to the caller. Would it be fair that it's almost like we need to learn that who we're dealing with deserves to be heard? Like we assume we're going to do that because we care about them, but I don't know if we're always conscious that the other person deserves to be heard and so we're just in a space of trying to be heard, but don't respect that they deserve to be heard. I'm just throwing it out, just in listening to both of you. A quick thought on that, Ashley, and then we'll go to the caller. Yeah, I, I think that um, that's that's a very fair point. You know, it, it comes back to that whole, like, we often listen to respond and we don't listen to understand. And so, like, we're we're just missing each other in communication, even when mm-hmm. we're having talks, because mm-hmm. we're not willing to just, come down and say, this is, this is how I feel. This is how I view it. This is why, right? And, and oftentimes that why is weaponized against a person, whether it's a man or a mm-hmm. woman. And mm-hmm. like, we can't, you can't have that weaponization in love because that's not the essence of love, right? Like love is still showing up. I, I listened to this sermon the other day and um, the pastor said, um, endurance is the ability to keep going when the desire is not there. We don't have endurance in love. 
Uh, strong stuff, and I love that entomology of the word communicare. So if I care, I know this person deserves to be heard, whether I agree or listen. And this, this is mm-hmm. my, you know, this intimate, I love hearing that entomology. Let's go to the caller. 857-3196. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Eternity. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I'm sorry, I want to catch your name, the host. What's your name again? Okay, no problem. Montoya, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with Ashley. She has Ma- Montoya, I'm going to follow you on Instagram later. I'm not going to get all that, honey. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be serious if I get it. I sincere and she, Pharaoh, I love them both dearly. Y'all know who this is. Um, so I have to get my thoughts in order because I'm – <laughs> I've been hesitant about calling myself this, but I am a relationship coach as well, like sincere, and I speak about that in my book. So I just wrote down what I wanted to say so I can have my thoughts in order on this topic. But I wanted to say first, thank you for having this discussion. And Chief Arrow, you already know how proud I am of you of always putting your heart out there. And um, sincere, you know I love you, brother, and I will see you later. Um, but this is my thoughts on this, on this topic. Um, choose faith over fear like I did with my career. I forgot which one of my books I wrote that in, but I want to share that with y'all. In my early 20s, I was also scared to give my heart fully and have it broken. But now that I'm older, I can reflect back and see why, what it was in me that I need to work on to be able to be in the relationships that I desired. Those relationships taught me so much about what, is, what it is to be with someone else and blend our lives together. And my ex back then, that situationship taught me how to better self-love, honestly, because I poured more into him than I did myself back then. And that was one of the most beautiful lessons of my life. So you have to be honest with yourself first, foremost, and then be honest with whoever you choose to date and not live in fear because the beauty of getting to know new potential partners is about learning. And in dating, you are learning who that person is and seeing if you two can coexist and are compatible. It's not just about you anymore. And that's where a lot of women struggle, not letting that ego go and learning who that man is. And it's okay if things don't work out. Just be mindful of what you are projecting and putting out into the universe. Because as another sister already told you, baby girl, my noodle, you, you attract what you put out. I attracted my life partner, and I give thanks for him. And I truly manifest him because I did the self-work and continue to do so so I can be the amazing wife and mother that I always desired to be. Self-love honestly has increased even more for me being with my partner and even prior to meeting him as well. Because if I'm not good on my own, then I won't be good for him. And as he, as he also needs time for himself. And I didn't know that when I was younger and how to have that balance. So I intentionally spent years single working on me and being becoming a good person, as someone mentioned. I think he said his name was Ashley um, earlier. Becoming the qualities that I desired and what worked for me and learning and unlearning, most importantly, unlearning what does not work for me and what does not work in being in a relationship when you desire to coexist with somebody else in the future. So, she, Pharaoh, I encourage you to continue to pour into yourself, and I promise on my grandma's life that you will attract what you desire when you are in alignment. And like you said, when it's safe for your partner to come into your life, if he hasn't already. So be honest with the men you date and communicate your needs. Men do not read minds. I am happily in a relationship, and I have always and I have amazing brothers in my life for over a decade who also helped prepare me to be the woman I desire to be as well. Brotherhood and sisterhood is super essential in becoming the partner or spouse you desire. You create your own reality, and that's for men and women. That's the end of it. Sorry, that was no, no problem. No, no, no problem. No problem. Let me jump in. Um, Love a lot of the thoughts. I think there's a lot of value in what you brought to the table. Mm -hmm. I think the consistent theme that um, you're gonna hear, you know, as you know, again, you've been a relationship coach and some sincere, and there's this concept of self work that that is 
that is definitely going to be a constant theme. I just love how, as you said, eventually once you figure that out, you know, things did work out. So thank you for your thoughts, Queen. Uh, appreciate you definitely. You can follow at mental underscore dialogue on um, IG if that makes it simple enough for you. But thank you, Attorney. Well, the, yes, attorney. Well, that was more simple. I got you. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Peace and love y'all. Uh, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. We are at the top of the hour. We're going to go to another break. I see several callers out there. For the callers that are out there, you do have to press one if you want to speak like you've heard these callers do. We definitely open it up. We are a family. We are a a community club, intellectual outcast. We do this every Saturday, have these hard conversations on race, sex, and culture. I am proud to have my co-host, Ashley Thomas, as well as our special guest, Sincere Sincere and She Pharaoh. Again, we're at the top of the hour. We'll be right back. Um, for all of my guests, if you will, make sure you continue to listen after the break because we're going to play another cut that we're going to address. I think that's going to really move this conversation even further along as we swim in the deep waters, if you recall that reference point uh, from earlier in the show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Truth Seekers, please understand, Mental Dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and this podcast. To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. Most people do not need a divorce from their spouse. They need a divorce from the dance they've been doing with their spouse. It just right. don't work no more. Right. You're stepping on my toes. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like doing this twirl every time. I don't like your hand on my back no more. I want to I do hip-hop now. I'm tired of doing the waltz. And most people walk away from the spouse of their dreams, right. from, from the spouse of their destiny, from the spouse that, that, that God wanted you to, to establish children that with a generational blessing that would go for a thousand generations they walk away from it because they don't want to learn a new dance Mm. they're so lazy they'd rather just get a new partner right when all they need to do is learn a new dance uncommunicated expectations that's the killer finances you can you can recover from finances you can you can gain it all and lose it all if y'all still in love it ain't gonna matter right right it ain't finances true true it ain't kids it ain't the house you live in. All of that's superficial. Mm-hmm. Are we communicating correctly? Right. Have I learned you enough to know what triggers you? And have I gone to find a voice that won't? Oh, I said something right there. Wow. I got, I, we got to marinate on this one real quick. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, millennial relationships, does the dating pool have P in it? So I play a cut that skips us all the way past dating, skips us all the way past marriage. And the brother says, hey, people getting divorced and they just don't want to do a new dance. And he's, he said, have I found a voice that doesn't trigger my, 
my other, my significant other. Brother Cecile, we're going to start with you because you already dropped the seed on communicating. I think this brother said a whole lot and is worthy of today's discussion, in my opinion. Your thoughts, King? I'm sorry. I get him live again. All right. There we go. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, you live. Yeah, so I, I love what my brother just said because uh, doing the dance is another way to say that I just put on a marriage mask, right? So so this is what I think about marriage. This is how I think it should be done. So let me put on this mask, right? So so ultimately, when you wear a mask for long enough, it gets hot in there, it gets sweaty, it starts to stink a little bit. Uh, then you recognize, okay, I need to take this mask off, wash my face. I need to breathe. Right, but you put on the mask, right? So, so it's it's more beautiful to take off the mask and be who you actually are. That's the beauty of life. That's the beauty of living. So that that's what my brother is saying in another way and and true, open, and honest communication and what's is what gets us there because it's a heart to heart connection to marry to be together to decide to share my time, space, and energy with somebody on a regular basis, right? So that's what we want to be uh, cognizant of. Y'all, let's take these masks off and let's understand that what we have is beautiful. Let's do the work that's necessary. And then the healing journey, you will align with somebody else's healing journey. And then y'all will take that journey together. Like it's not about perfection. There's no such thing as a perfect person. I don't even know why we continue to say it. But what we can be is great together, Right. So that's the key. Let's be great together. Let's align our healing journey. Let's get better together, and let's provide an example for our family, for our culture, for our people, all right, uh, one that's going to be written about. No, I love it. And I'll just throw this in. I'm going to go to Chief Pharaoh now. I'll just throw in what I, what I felt even in addition when he says do a different dance. It's the reality of as you individually grow within the relationship, your personal requirements may change and so we don't think about the flip side of I have to grow with this person so let me now dance different when he says hey I don't like your hand on my back anymore so it worked for so long but now I want to switch from this dance to that dance it's going into the relationship understanding that is the reality that you may have to switch the dance as well that's part of the work uh, Chief Farrell how does that cut clip hit for you as we're again talking about the dating pool or just throwing out this long-term thought process in this, in, you know, in this discussion this morning, how does this, that how does that cut hit for you, Queen? Uh, for me, it's like, you know, you just have to determine that whether or not that's a person that you're willing to grow with in all of their facets, because humans are not going to be the same. Like we're not the same as we were last year, the year before that, and we're damn sure not going to be the same. Hopefully, we're not going to be the same people two years from now, which means, like you guys were saying, our requirements are going to be different. Our boundaries are going to look different. You just have to be willing to acquiesce. Are you willing to change? Are you willing to adjust? Are you willing to accept that? And are you willing to acknowledge when um, when you're not accepting it, you know, or when you're not ready to and things of that nature, just, you know, keeping that open? Absolutely. Ashley, your thoughts, um, Queen? Man, so... I have so many thoughts swirling around here. You know, part of it is like, as I listen to this conversation unfolding, I'm like, what, when did we ever think that like people weren't going to change? Right. Because in relationship with others, there's two, 
three relationships going on, right? It is the relationship with ourselves, our partner having the relationship with themselves, and how we're moving together as a unit. And, like, is there going – no, we're all going to change. And it's not a matter of, yeah, your priorities might change, all of those things change, but then we also have to account for the physical changes that happen as well. And so when we're talking about, like, coming together and having these relationships, like, people aren't even expecting that. You know, like, the the number of people that, like, get surprised by the fact that, like, oh, I have to share my space or, oh, you're going to get on my nerves. Like, I would hope that, you know, going into a relationship, like, you are going to get on my nerves. I'm going to get on your nerves. We're going to tap dance on on each other's triggers, right? Like, for me, I believe that a healthy relationship, a loving relationship gives you the floor to address your traumas, to do this with someone that has the desire for the best for you, that can see those blind spots for you, that's willing to point things out for you lovingly. And this is why that character is important. This is why we have to be looking at those things that we're discerning and not necessarily focusing on those tangibles that are out here. But there are not enough people that are focusing on how do you handle adversity? How do you move through arguments? How do you move through sadness? You know, and so we're not taking the time to even create the space for that foundation. And I do agree, Like, every person is not meant to be our person, so we're going to have to date several people in order for that to happen. But there is a level of acceptance. There is a level of addressing our expectations and the ones that we're not even aware of. I just think that overall it's it's lacking self-awareness, and it's it's just harming not only ourselves but relationships with others because – that change is inevitable, right? Like we we have learned that the only thing that's constant in this world outside of death is change. And so like, how are we missing that when it comes to bringing relationships together? Because you could be different in a week or within a month or six months, right? And, And in love, you are looking to grow and move forward with that person and that, that lack of grace, that, lack of honesty, that lack of self-awareness. I mean, yeah. Now, you're saying a lot. Um, I'm going to bring Cecilia in on this. I want to throw out, you know, my opinion of the how. Because, as you, you know, as you listen to it right now and as you say it, like, yeah, you're like, this should just be obvious that this person is going to change. And But I can only imagine, and we'll, you know, let Sincere talk about it as a relationship coach. I'm pretty sure he's dealing with a lot of people who don't have realistic expectations of what the different dance may look like along the way if we, you know, stick into that analogy. But I'll offer that part of the how, in my opinion, and, you know, Cecil can tell me whether he agrees with this or not. But a big part of the how is specifically within the African-American community is too many of us haven't been able to witness the how to learn Mm -hmm. some levels of assimilation. And so I always highlight that humans, for those that understand evolution, technically have been around for 200,000 years, if you go into science, if you will. I, I, I highlight that long distance of the, you know, in a sense, the original Homo sapiens, if you will, or whatever they were called, Homo something, different, different ones along the way, whatever. We're Homo sapiens, this version of us. But I'm highlighting that 200,000 years because this point brings this home which is we are the first generation of humans ever to grow up with movies. 
the reason that is important to your question of how we're overlooking or how we're not understanding, when you juxtapose many, too many of us not having examples of what that looks like, in my opinion, Ashley, up against being able to go to movies and get caught up into the romance portion of what matters in a relationship, I think is it is a recipe for what we're witnessing for how many people do enter the relationship and probably say, let me go talk to a sincere because we're having trouble. And I'm pretty sure this brother is surprised that sometimes that this is really an issue. You didn't expect that. So sincere, um, any thoughts? But again, I'm just kind of putting, in my opinion, some context to why we see so many people with, if you will, bad expectations. Go ahead, King. Sure, sure, sure. We absolutely have uh, poor expectation, and a part of it is the whole fairy tale idea, right? Right. So, so I address this all the time, uh, and actually had a recent conversation about it with one of my clients. So, so just understand that uh, the fairy tales in the movies they last for about two hours, right? So, so when we talk about a relationship that we want to last more than a moment or more than two hours. Like we have to understand the elements that create that reality of our fairy tale. So I say, well, uh, you know, we don't have to step away from the fairy tale. What we have to do is clearly define what that fairy tale looks like for the relationship. Mm -hmm. We have to clearly define it. All right. So what's, what's, what's a good tool to be able to do that, right? In the evolutionary process, because humans are evolutionary beings. So we have to sit down and say, okay, I feel differently about this. In my book, I talk about progress reports, right? So we have to see where we are to consistently be in the same space at the same time on that same journey and be synchronized, have synergy, right? So, so, so I don't expect that since my wife liked this this year that she's going to like this next year, how we're doing such a thing, what she's eating. Like I give her the space to grow and the respect to do so. So if she comes to me and say, well, baby, I, can we do this? Or do you mind if we try this? Or this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. So I'm like, okay, sure, sure. Let's experience this together. So I'm not going to put you on an island. Let's do this together for the relationship, right? So when you mentioned that we don't see these things, like I had to go and find these things. Because people that are living, uh, generally in our culture, people that are living happily ever after, they're doing it on their porches and in their houses in the context of tribe or their family. So I went and found these people. That's why it took me 15 years to put out the book, The 30 Love Laws. So I was intentional about it after going through a divorce. And that's what led me to the happy and healthy relationship that I have today. We have to be intentional. We have to be seekers. And then we will find the things that we seek. No, I love it. Uh, Shifero, we got about a minute before break. So if you want to give a quick thought before we go to break, uh, please do, Queen. I really don't. Y'all pretty much summed it up. I appreciate you for having me, honestly. I'm listening, man. No, I love it. I love it. Let's go ahead and shoot to this break. And, then we, again, we'll have another cut that moves this conversation along. So if y'all will listen to this cut specifically, we'll be right back. Where well, all I ask is that you think. I see the other callers out there. If you want to get in on the discussion, you do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- 787-1691 and press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. 
you simply want your taxes done this tax season, or do you prefer to have your taxes completed by a professional on top of current and constantly changing tax codes? If so, look no further than S. Kinds Accounting and Tax Services, where each year, plenty of satisfied customers from around the country return for an efficient and professional tax experience. For small businesses, S. Kinds Accounting and Tax not only provides bookkeeping and accounting on a monthly, quarterly, and or yearly basis, but S. Kinds Accounting and Tax goes above and beyond to provide yearly tax strategies to increase the bottom line, profits. While no one likes when Uncle Sam or the IRS comes knocking, know you're in good hands with S. Kinds Accounting and Tax. Call them today at 770-947-3667. Again, that's 770-947-3667. Or email them at advice at thetaxcoach.com. Hey, let me tell you something. It's a lot of men that thinks that we are somewhat superior to a woman mentally and that we should be leading a woman mentally and that we got the game plan and she got to sit down and be quiet and listen to us or just collaborate with us in our dreams and our visions. But listen to me. When the Bible says a woman is a weaker vessel, it's talking about physically. It's not talking about emotionally. Look at what a single mother does. Look at what women around the world do. It's not talking about spiritually. Who are the prayer warriors and the intercessors in the church? It's not talking about mentally. Look at the women making a million dollars in 30 minutes on Black Friday. So a lot of unmarried men will remain unmarried because you think that you are superior intellectually to a woman and she got to shut up, sit down, and, and listen. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, millennial relationships, does the dating pool have pee in it? My special guest co-host, Ashley Thomas, special guest, Sincere, and Chief Farrow. Ashley, I'll let you dig into Tony Gaskin pointing out something that is definitely apparent, and he says something that hardly, the, the context you hardly ever see on social media is always the idea that, in a sense, the, the woman will end up alone or whatever, but he highlights a lot of us men, again, I'm fighting not to be in this group, uh, will end up not married as well, and part of it is due to this mindset. So I thought you would be interested in, in jumping into that conversation, if you will, Queen. Go ahead. Let me bring you live. Sorry about that. Uh, you're live. Go ahead, Queen. So I I would say same, same path that I mentioned before. He said um when you are asking for a wife a wife is a helpmate right so like you obviously need help with something and mm-hmm. it's it's so frustrating to be in dating and have someone think that you are less than because you're a woman but like there are so many facets to us as human beings that you know there has to be space to acknowledge that I'm not strong in everything. Even if think that a woman is less than you're not strong in everything. So like, how is your partner complimenting you? How are you even fully utilizing the person that you're with? If you're not acknowledging their strengths and like where they clearly shine, where you're lacking. Right. And, and, and I do think like relationships are yin and yang, like those great connections are, hey, you're really strong in this, 
those are areas that I'm not strong in and we have the ability to grow and learn from each other and like start getting stronger in those areas and vice versa. And so like, it's, it's very disrespectful, you know, and, and I think it goes to why women constantly try to reiterate that they're a great catch because people are selling us short, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, it, it is frustrating being out here and people being like, oh, well, what do you bring to the table? Like, bitch, I am the table. Like, I have the things that I need. I, I can show up for myself. Like, stop asking me that. Stop worrying about that. But like, how can we come together when there are issues? And so I, I it's just really disrespectful, right? Because the whole point of wanting to be with someone, like, why Why do you want a relationship? Why do you want a marriage? What are you looking to build towards? And, like, why should someone even be subjected to that if you think that they are less than? We're all whole as we are. We are coming together to try to grow and and build and, like, leave legacy. And if that's not how you see it, then, like, honestly, maybe you shouldn't be dating because no one is less than, like, it's all about just trying to make it work and coming together. No, absolutely. And you pointed out a big word. I'm going to go to sincere here. Um, the complimentary aspect is what I think um, anyone who misconstrues, and I'll say, again, the call out by Tony Gaskins, even to us as men, the misconstrued is not understanding how complimentary she can be. And complimentary is absolutely on the same level. And y'all need each other. That's why it's called complimentary. Mm-hmm. And if you misconstrue that idea of leading as somehow being over, which is unfortunately the, uh, I'll say the European construct of relationships that to a degree we ultimately as a culture try to fight against, but unfortunately have learned being brought into this culture, we misconstrue. And both genders can miss the complementary aspects and get lost in the verbiage mm-hmm. of today of what this word means and what that word means and miss the complimentary aspect the entire time. So Brother Sincere, please jump in on this, King. Absolutely, man. And 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 I love the trajectory of the conversation. Um, there's an elder that I am connected to and somebody that's in my circle that I look to that 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 has valuable nuggets for me to learn from. And that's number one. Like see a lot of us are making it up as we go. But as a people, we are tribal people, which means that there is a structure, right? So even though I say that I'm a happily married black man, I still take cues and I learn from my elders, right? So there is uh, a wise elder by the name of Baba Baruti that wrote a book called Complementarity that focuses on exactly what we are talking about, right? So so we have to have that example culturally because cultural context says that we have to get information from those that are more knowledgeable and wiser than us, and then we project that through our lives. Like we take on that information and then, uh, you know, we add an aspect to it, right? So I'm going to say this to all the men that are on the line. Listen, I am, I am not able to be good or great at what I'm doing without my wife. Mm. So I'm going to say that again. I am not able to do what I do as good as I do it or as well as I do it, according to some. I can't do that without my wife. I love it, King. And that's so how this it. thing is made. No, I love it. I, I, I resonate that in, I'll say, late to learning what you're speaking to, but glad to, in a sense, 
have this show, have these hard conversations again. We're going to, you know, this is an opportunity to learn how to swim in the deep water. The, the PA, the issue, is being thrown in the deep end, not knowing how to swim. So I just want to keep highlighting that. I'm going to play a real quick cut, and I want Chief Farrow to be the first to um, respond to this cut because I just think it's pertinent. I was like, I don't have a lot of room for cuts, but this cut needs to be played because I want to talk sp- now specifically about the dating game, and I still would like to ch- challenge even us as men in this dating game. When it's cut, it's not about whether I agree or disagree with it. It's about us having the dialogue, but Shefaro will start with you out of this cut. Let's play a real, so real quick cut. When did you get married? I was like 26, 27 years old. Would you suggest to anybody to get married that young? Younger. Huh? I would suggest people get married younger. Wow. Oh. You know, America is the only country between the average age is 26 or 27 to 31. We the latest, which is why we mess up the worst. If we teach them, I run through your 20s, you young, wait to 35. Well, he's running through women. Here go a man that don't know nothing about commitment. And then you expect him at 35 to be in a committed relationship? You expect him not to be looking all over the place where he's been looking all over the place since he lost his virginity? No, that that's not, you teaching an undisciplined person, or undisciplined man. And then now you expect that marriage to work? Chief Farrow is our special guest. Your thoughts to hearing that cut from these men. And the initial part was kind of low, so let me make sure it's clear. Um, he said he got married at 26. He think he should have gotten married younger. Again, it's just the cut and your thoughts to what you heard, Queen. Let me bring you live again. If I don't have you live already. All right, I got you live. Go ahead, Queen. Jump in. But, so um, I have mixed feelings about it. Like, I feel as though if maybe if I did get married young, because I'm not going to lie, I did read an article. I can't cite it currently, but I did read an article about arranged marriages and how arranged marriages tend to last longer than westernized marriages. And um, typically those marriages do start young. And I do sometimes wonder, like, maybe if I did get married or find my mate and we just worked and grew with each other, maybe I wouldn't have as much, like, emotional trauma from relationships now. But in the same token, it's like it does build character. You know, it builds emotional intelligence to date, to get to know other people, to um, be in situations that are favorable and unfavorable situations um, in, you know, some instances. So I have mixed feelings about it. (laughs) Nah, fair enough. I'm going to throw out some thoughts and I'll, um, you know, go to both our guests. And again, for the callers, if you want to get in, you have to press one uh, for online caller, online listeners, 646-787-169. You have to press one. So here are my thoughts on the cut. A um, couple of things. So, yeah, I love the idea of, you know, he's highlighting, like I said, the arranged marriages definitely have more in general. And I'm not talking about the extreme cases, but in general, um, definitely so to have a much more successful rate in that sense. But, again, the answer is always in the middle. And so another thing that's very new to humans is dating. Humans, dating is a very new concept on the scene, believe it or not, extremely new. And so um, so I like to highlight that in that cut when it talks about, hey, um, you know, it's been running around for all this time, and then you're expecting to be faithful. Well, you know, to a degree, I'm paraphrasing pretty badly. Um, I would highlight that 
dating itself alone, eight, the age part, take, put that aside for now, the dating part with it being a new concept, what are we learning when we date and considering that humans have been getting married on record for 5,000 years and dating wasn't a part of it. And so we do have a kind of a modern concept. Oh, yeah, you need to date. You need to have these different experiences. Or you can look at what, in a sense, was done in the past. And what we typically do with the past is we throw the whole baby out with the bathwater and don't realize what may still be valuable even in a modern age. And so what you see Believe it or not, 60% of the world still uses arranged marriage. Again, this is not me advocating for arranged marriage in itself, just bringing different contexts and perspectives to the conversation. And so understanding that historically marriage has been a union, and once humans started owning land, that's where monogamy became the thing, just to throw that out historically. But in that, this union was transactional as well, part business, and it was for the children. That's what was understood before romance novels and movies and music got brought in the game. And that historical context really should apply to the today because it's always been a part of it. And because we don't understand it in our romanticized age, then we got into this world of since we marry later based on modern times, moving from an agricultural to a marketplace society, then people could marry later. The world got safer, and because the world got safer, we fortunately, smartly gotten you know women are in the marketplace, if you will. But in doing so, there's this aspect in safe countries that hey, I can be out here alone. So the concept of dating came along, and kind of kill courting, which is a whole different perspective to valuing marriage for several reasons. These two families are coming together, and you are responsible for the offspring that come from you. We don't even think about that when we date. That's what's been lost. Sincere, I got a minute for you to jump in on that, King. What you got? Hold on one second. I'm going to keep... Knocking you off. Sorry about that, brother. Go ahead. One minute before I go to another break. I'll let you finish after the break. Yeah, sure. The modern nuance of dating is simply this. It's an exercise in free will. So so everything um, that involves the living should evolve. So what we need is better preparation, focused information that gives us a different dedication. That's what we need in the context of dating so we can get to the result. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so, so we need better preparation, all right, and more focused information that leads to a different dedication. All right. So that changes the dating process so we can get better results out of it. Oh, I love it. All right. This is actually a cut. And so we'll start with you, Ashley. I'm going to take back-to-back cuts again. We're just moving this conversation along. All right, so check out both of these cuts, and Ashley, you'll be the first response coming out of this. First cut comes from Taylor Nicole, and the second cut right after that is, um, I'll tell you after the break. Here's something that doesn't often get talked about when it comes to healing from a toxic relationship, and that is 
trying to be in a healthy one after you've been in a toxic one. One of the things that's going to throw you off when you start dating again after a toxic relationship is you're going to realize that healthy men don't love bomb. Healthy men don't do all of the manipulative things that the toxic guy does. And they're not looking to create an emotional addiction with you. And so the relationship and the dating is going to seem boring. It's going to seem like they're not into you. It's going to seem just very off. But it's not because they're not into you. It's not because the relationship is actually boring. It's because you're used to being loved by, you're, you're used to trauma bonding, and you're not going to get that with a healthy man. Men, the men who really have strong boundaries are the men who have found a purpose and who have found work. Because once you've found your purpose and the work and something you really want to accomplish in front of you, then the goal of your life is to discipline everything around it and make sure everything is congruent with this purpose. Now, the woman is not the priority at this point. Your purpose and all the disciplines required to accomplish it is. So if leaving at 11 to go and handle your business to do it, you got to bounce on these chicks? Absolutely. So the reason we don't have boundaries is because we don't have purpose. Right. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with Ashley Thomas, is my special guest co-host. This morning's discussion question, Millennial Relationships, does the dating pool have P in it? As a player, the second cut was Tyson Jackson from my, one of my favorite podcasts, Hardly Initiated, uh, podcast that focuses specifically on men and their purpose and what they should be focused on. The first, again, was a sister highlighting the aspect of a toxic relationship moving into a healthy relationship and how often it's unfamiliar. And so sometimes people actually move away from what might be a healthy relationship because they've come to know love as this toxic thing that's exciting and up and down. And because that's what you're familiar with, you actually will avoid a healthy relationship in some cases. Um, Your thoughts, Ashley? Uh, so I would say like part of it is I, I don't think it's not necessarily that you um, don't, I, I don't know. I, I feel like my last relationship was very toxic. Um, and coming out of it now, I realize um, how much of myself needed attention and love to be able to discern correctly. I think the hardest thing when you're coming from a toxic relationship is being able to trust yourself, right? Because we all have an intuition. We all have a connection to something higher that tells us whether something is aligned with us or not. And I think that when you are truly healing and getting back to yourself and like really um, getting clear on who you are and what you desire and what that looks like, what that feels like, then you are able to like really be in tune with that and trust yourself. Because I think that if you truly got out of a toxic relationship and you have learned right, you've gotten the lessons from that situation, then you are looking forward to um, that situation that is actually what you desire, that's actually what you deserve, right? I don't think that it is a matter of, oh, well, you know, now, now this relationship is boring. No, because if you've been through hell, then peace feels amazing, right? Like, so I, I think that kind of misses. But I do think regarding the other clip with boundaries and purpose, I, I do think that is true. And I think what what is missing from that is the fact that, like, 
we are our own purpose in the sense that we have to be about ourselves. And that's not calling it selfish. That's not doing any of those things. But there has to be a level of self-care, a level of self-love that we do not waver on that requires us to maintain boundaries. And again, that comes back to knowing yourself and being aware of yourself because when you can be as happy and whole as possible when you are coming with another person, then it makes it easier for you to show up and have those hard conversations and move through things. But if you're if you are not purposeful about yourself, if you if you don't know what it is that so for me I don't I don't use the concept of like happiness. I I go by the concept of peace. I want to be at a feeling of peace the majority of the time. And so with that in mind, that's what I aspire to have in my life, which means that I have to be to bed a certain time, which means that I have to exercise. I have to take my vitamins. I have to do all of these things to make sure that I am at peace. And when I am trying to be in relationship, are you able to allow me to maintain that peace for myself so that when we come together, we're actually coming together and not moving through issues because I'm not at peace and you're not at peace and now we're coming together unhappy. So that's my yeah. no, strong uh, stuff. My strong stuff. No, strong stuff. Um, I'll, I'll highlight when you say, hey, once you've been through a toxic situation and once you've learned, then you will highly desire peace. And I'll just highlight that you know, that unfortunately, sometimes what you, it may have happened in childhood, quite often it did happen in childhood, what version of love that you learned, it may be from even your parent, if you will, in a lot of cases it is, but what version of love, so what happens is you'll see a lot of people repeat the cycle of, I always date this type of person, and so what you understand is, Ashley, meaning they have not learned, because a lot of that is subconscious, and so for people that are having that experience and have not learned, even though the last situation was toxic, they still may value those things subconsciously. They're consciously saying, I don't want that again. But if they find themselves repeating that cycle, it's, it, 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 which you understand this completely, it goes back to that inner work. And so, therefore, they haven't learned it. And so that's just kind of, in a sense, you know, what's, what I'm highlighting in that sense. And I, I agree with the sister that that can be the case for men and women where this situation doesn't excite me to saying that is that is definitely part of it for some people, not all. Um, Brother Cecile, please jump in, King. Yeah, I think I think that uh, that that's some great um, self actualization and uh, some self realization uh, on Ashley's part. And um, yeah, I do want to point out that in the matriarchal space, like seeing women a certain way as men. And the whole submissive idea has been a cancer that kind of throws off mm. the orders, right? So, so, so let's get into the word itself, submission. The word itself, when you put those two words together, means deeper mission, mm. right? So, so the context of how we see it today from a patriarchal point of view is just straight up wrong. It's faulty. It's flawed. And that's a part of the problem with how we um, psychologically produce thoughts and efforts based on that word, right? So if she has a deeper mission, then we have to make sure that in partnership, we are facilitating that deeper mission or helping to facilitate that, culturally speaking. So the first cross was an unk, and at the top of that unk is a wound. That tells you everything that you need to know about the order 
for this civilization that our ancestors, the original man and woman of this earth, put forth. So we got to get back there, and then that helps to restore order. So, so self-actualization, realization, and self-care is a function of the context and how we organize our thoughts around an idea. So we have to get back there to end up with the proper result. Dope stuff. She Pharaoh, what you taking in, Queen, again? We're trying to, you know, like I said, the pool, the, the pee always been there. It, just ain't, it ain't the whole pool. So so what you think with all this good info? <laughs> again, I, ho- I hope we're teaching y'all how to swim. I'm, I'm learning how to swim in this dating game as well. Been in it a lot longer than you and still need to learn how to swim myself. But any thoughts, um, Queen, to what you're hearing uh, uh, from Ashley and Sincere as well? Yeah, my only thought is really that, yeah, sure, there might be a little urine in the dating pool, but that's why there's chlorine, you know, and (laughs) in real life, that's why there's chlorine. And it's just a matter of how you look at it, how you approach it, um, how wise you navigate it, you know, knowing what you know now, knowing what you know, how you implement that in your life and everything, that those are really my thoughts. Like, I've kind of just been soaking in everything. No, I love it. And I'll just highlight uh, for those who are listening in the, in the first hour, uh, we were we were fortunate to play um, She Pharaoh's piece, and we started out with the uh, the idea of dating today being in an online environment, the concept of ghosting. And I'm highlighting those things because I always kind of bring this point to the table as we have some of these dialogues, is be very aware that in this new age of online dating and being online and all these relationship discussions you see online, uh, I love what she Farrell just said, that she just sits back and soaks in this knowledge from, uh, you know, Sincere and Ashley, if you will, but and understand that the online aspect of is how you don't see the chlorine. I like the what she just said, right? There's also chlorine in the water. That's what actually keeps you safe. And so what happens is you can focus on the pee to the extent that while absolutely, while I'm standing there swimming, I don't want to feel a warm spot in the water if I'm enjoying my swim or whatever, but it does not harm me due to the chlorine. I'm highlighting that analogy because being online is you actually believing that the whole pool is pee. Being online too much. Again, obviously we're having the discussion. I hope that for those who are listening, they're hearing this discussion is very different than pitting the genders against one another, which I absolutely detest. Mm-hmm. Because the reason, it's not about whether I digest it or not. Here's the psychological concept that people are missing. Those back and forth that you're going to see too much high volume online, once you step offline, you're not having those discussions all the time. Yeah, you have them offline, but it's not inundating you. You're not seeing them all day. The reason that this matters is because what you're watching online is people who have gotten caught up and believing that they can change or correct the other gender into acting properly, and then we could have a great relationship. What you keep hearing from sincere and some of the cuts when they say find your purpose starts with you and agreeing with someone online about what the other gender should be doing absolutely has no effect on the success you will have in the dating pool, never as much as what 
purpose you can find yourself. Don't waste time swimming to the pea by being online. That's how I'm going to make that analogy. Uh, Sincere, give me a couple thoughts on just <laughs> that advice again, because it's a call to action even for us, right? And that's what I hear you saying, and that's what that uh, hardly initiated cut was saying. It's a call to understand we can't shame the other gender into acting right and then happily being married. It has no facet in this relationship game, but the online will make you believe that it does. Your thoughts, King? Right, right. So, so being uh, solution oriented, uh, I'm gonna give some tips that y'all ain't even gotta pay for today. So check this out. <laughs> All right. So social media, uh, social media looks different uh, to me because I'm intentional with social media. So I don't have a lot of negative on the social media that I subscribe to. First, because I don't spend a whole lot of time there, but I do spend time there. So what you want to do is you want to set your post notifications on things that are positive that work for you, right? Set your post notification. That way you change the algorithm based on what you intentionally select into that. We have to design the life that we deserve. So how do we do that? Right. Make a list of the things that you need and want in that order, the things that you absolutely need and want. You have to make a list. If you're not prepared, then your plan is to fail. You don't have a plan going in, then your plan is actually to fail. So a lot of us, we're saying that, okay, like online dating is this, but the truth is we don't have a plan. So what we're looking at is an abundance of things which confuses the brain. Wow. So if you create a list, a purpose list, mm-hmm. now you're going in with a plan and your focus and what you see is different because now you have an instructional view of the things that I'm going to the market to get. It's just like creating a list to go to the grocery store mm-hmm. or you're being at three hours, just looking around and putting stuff in your basket. Man, that's an amazing analogy. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm about to go to break. So, I love that sure. analogy, and it reminds me of uh, Marilyn Odwini, um, someone um, we've been able to have on the show. She's a cognitive behavior therapist, and she was a holistic, you know, coach as well, if you will. And she always highlights all the areas in our lives where we we will get experts. We'll get an expert to get a degree from. We'll get an expert to get this, uh, <laughs> you know, this certain title. We'll find somebody to help us through. And you just gave me a nugget. I should have been and paid you. To write down because we talk about all the time how intentional writing something down is. So making the list of what you want in a relationship and considering finding a coach. People don't like that word today, but we find experts in every area. But the area that we desire to have the most success in, we wing it. We don't write it down. We run around in that buggy shopping. But like you said, for three hours because we didn't write down what we wanted before we went in there. Man, that's such an amazing. <laughs> analogy. Let me go to this last break and keep this conversation going. All I ask is that you think. We will let callers jump in on this last segment. If you want, it's 646-787-1691. I do see some callers out there. If you're trying to get in or don't hear me clearly, you have to press one. If you're just listening via the phone, no problem. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Have you heard the adage that a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, meet Livy Blue Photography, a premier company specializing in capturing your family portraits and turning them into wall art that stands the test of time. 
One visit to their website, livyblue.com, and you will immediately be blown away by the experience as you peruse their gallery. The lead photographer, Jalivia Northern, is a published photographer with over 10 years of experience in capturing families, weddings, and school senior portraits. If you want a breathtaking photography experience, contact Livy Blue Photography at livyblue.com. That's L-I-V-I-B-L-U-E.com. Marriage is work. Staying with the same person for 50 years is work. Staying with the same person for 65 years, that's work. That's not just love. That's work. Love works. True love will work. True love will make you work on yourself. It will make you work on your relationship. It will make you work on your communication style. It will make you work on your tone. It will make you work on being home on time. It will make you work on cooking. It will make you work on cleaning. True love actually works. It ain't just a feeling. It's an action. I've been married for 23 years. I'll be married for 24 years, May 1st of 2023. Our love works for each other. We work at this. This ain't just we wake up every morning just in love. We work at it. And we've worked at it for 23 years. And that's why the relationship is so good. Juliet's my girl. You know what I'm saying? But we work at this. It's not just some, I woke up like this. I woke up like this. No, I didn't just wake up like this. I worked at this. I worked at this. We worked at this. But when you don't work, it doesn't work. If only one of you is working, it's not going to work. And so if both people don't show up with the tools or both people don't need at least show up with the mindset that, hey, we, 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 we want to make this work. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, millennial relationships, does the dating pool have P in it? Special guest, Chief Farrow. And VIP poets, sincere, sincere. We got a caller that wants to jump in. Um, sincere, I'm gonna have you make a comment on what you just heard before we go to the caller. Go ahead, brother. Oh, absolutely. My brother hit it on the head. And there's a saying that goes that when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so one of the first things uh, that I do, I go through my meditation process, my affirmations, and then I, I go through my physical exercise every day. But also. The first thing that I do is I acknowledge my wife, whether she's sleeping or not. Like I make sure that she feels love, that she feels that projection from me. So I ain't just up and into my day. There's a kiss. There's a hug. I acknowledge my wife. Like I want her to feel that I care for her. So where there's no questions, uh, she don't have to go through the day thinking, well, damn, he didn't say I love me. He said I love you. Ain't get no hug, ain't get no sugar, nothing. Nah, nah, nah. We we don't rock like that. I acknowledge my goddess, and then I'm on with my day because she's the most important thing in my day as far as what I have to do outside yep. of myself. I love it, and I've you know listened to some elders as you have as well, sincere, and you know having having that disagreement or even if it goes to as far as a quote unquote argument if you see those words is different having that argument and the work that this guy speaks to in this cut and the work of I still got to put this meal on for this man that I'm mad at that I still got to go fix this car for this woman that I'm upset with that's that's the love not the feeling in the moment not the 
every situation that you can't get past. Because here's how you get past it, is how you going to not love that woman and still put that hot plate on your <laughs> food on your plate when you know she mad as hell because you know you like you got to love right. that one and vice versa I'm just using a little silly analogy like the love is that part not the feeling in the moment mm-hmm. I'm late to right. learn not just the feeling I in the moment I did a show yeah. on how I lost 10 years of chasing love in the hip hop era so Understanding that I want others not to get caught up in the feeling and understand the work, the, the love is the work, the work is the love. Let's go to this caller, 661, last three, 362. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Okay, hi, everybody. My name is Ty. I'm calling from California. Um, just to be really quick, because I'm on the treadmill, so just to um, comment on something I think it was sincere that said, uh, turning off your notifications, um, and so, or sorry, uh, turning on your notifications to, to the positive things. And so something I've done just for behavior tracking is I've turned off my notifications um, for a lot of things because I have to identify when I was overly stimulated. But there's this method called the ABC method, which is antecedent, B is for behavior, the C is for consequences. So I've turned off my notifications. Therefore, if I see anything negative, what it was was I had to intentionally search for it. And so that was my behavior mm-hmm. for the B. What I noticed is for antecedent, I started tracking, well, what was I doing before? What was happening before? And just looking at my system, because I put in my email like for let's say like a month, check in on your behavior tracking system. So in a way, I, it wasn't, it wasn't, I was constantly looking at it, but just going on with my pattern. And so what I saw was, hey, in times of isolation, this is when you intentionally, you know, search mm. for something. Or in times of confusion, because I'm, I'm a student, and so I notice that when I get stuck on things, I'll get, like, just stuck, confused, and I don't have the answer to it. I can keep getting exhausted, and then for some reason, I kind of go and search for things. And so I'm seeing that, like, in my, just, just in my own patterns, and then the consequences of, hey, now you feel worse. And so that's just something else I can kind of like throw out there for people who are just trying to get closer to their self and or trying to understand their self and why they're working a certain way or maybe why they're maneuvering a certain way, trying to be intentional about just, you know, what, you know why you're moving certain ways. If it's seen on the paper, it may be able to help too. So that's just my three cents. No, I love that three cents. And that's why I say we have the smartest audience in all of radio. You're hearing a a, a, a psychological approach we are meant to dialogue to controlling, you know, from sincere suggestion to our caller tied of California, breaking down, hey, here's what I did to even become aware of when I'm isolated, when I'm lonely, what I'm doing. And because that's how sometimes we can get in these dark holes, right? We can get in these dark holes when it comes to desiring a relationship and wanting or deciding, you know what, maybe I'll just be alone. Well, sometimes. What are you stimulating yourself with? Chief Pharaoh, if you will, Queen, you talked about that in your poem, being overstimulated. And just even for the newer generation, specifically millennials, not being aware of how that phone can, as Ty mentioned, put you deeper in that hole and create these feelings that actually makes it harder for you to actually have a relationship because you add more fear to a, a, to being overstimulated by that phone, if you will. Your thoughts, Chief Pharaoh? 
No, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that um, the mind is a very strong thing. And uh, when people say it's a terrible thing to waste, I think oftentimes they negate how we can we can have the disposability of it Um, when it comes to love, how often uh, we dispose our first thought or our first mind for love and um, just for comfort of somebody and oftentimes negating what we really need just to, just to have that comfort. Sometimes it is unhealthy to isolate. And at times it is also good to go and be by yourself and think about it. Um, Not when you're overstimulated though. I think when you're overstimulated, you do need to take a moment, but I think in those moments is when you need somebody that is um, a calming mechanism, like a friend who's very peaceful. Like when I'm overstimulated, I probably call sincere because sin is a very um, balanced and neutral ground to bounce um, things off of, bounce thoughts off of. Now you got your person to go to. So I'm going to throw something out that can create a whole nother show. Um, And so I probably shouldn't throw it out. But I mentioned earlier the idea of we look at the past when it comes to relationships, and we quite often have thrown the whole baby out with the bath water instead of, in a sense, keeping the baby, keeping the things that are pertinent. And so I saw that. I just happened to see this post this morning, and I I mentioned I was going to share it on the show. should have shared it earlier. Um, But I'm going to throw it out there anyway. It's kind of risky to do it this late in the game. But um, I saw this this post this morning that said, my wife has never lived on her own. And yet in today's society, that would seem weird. She's never known what it's like to be unprotected. It's a brother by the name of Nick Cooper that said that. And this brother that I respect and have had on the show, Frank Frank Rivers, said this in response to it. He says, women aren't supposed to. They're supposed to go from one covering to another, from her father to her husband. Um, I'm not sharing this to put it out as an edict for what we in a sense should or should not be doing today. I am highlighting that as treacherous as the dating pool is and waters can be, because as highlighted earlier in the show, we date and get married a lot later in this country than other countries that because of that, we've lost sight of this aspect of what covering looks like. And sometimes there are men like these men who want to cover in this manner. And sometimes it can be misunderstood in today's time. So, see, I'm going to give you this thought because we only got three minutes and just kind of give a response to um, your thoughts to these brothers who I respect and how it might apply today and sometimes can get missed because of the language of today. Go ahead, King. Yeah, absolutely, uh, brother. I love that sentiment that um, our women should go from one covering to another. One of the greatest compliments that I received is from my wife's father. Like he told me, and, and just thinking about it sometimes just bring me to tears, but he told me that I can die as wow. a father confident that my daughter yeah. is taken care of. Wow. That's the most valuable compliment that I've ever received. Wow. Which made me know that I was on the proper path, that I was doing the right thing, setting the right example, and that I was projecting into his daughter properly. Because I know that they've had conversations alone, and we've had conversations as men together, just building. No, and, and that was valuable. Yeah, nah, I love it. I just uh, wanted to that's bring it, brother. I just wanted to say yeah, that. yeah. I just wanted to bring that context 
in a world in which we won't hear it. Ashley, um, if you will, Queen, um, you know, give me a quick thought on that as well. I, I, I want to make sure everybody knows how to stay in contact with um, Sincere and Pharaoh after that. But just a quick thought to that. Again, I'm not pushing anything, but it's also some context from the past that could be valuable sometimes today. Your thoughts, Queen? Yeah, I, I think it, it's true. You know, when you consider that a woman can procreate, you know, you, you really want her to go from one place where she is protected in love to another place where she is protected in love because when a woman is soft and feminine and submissive, like she will change your life. She will change anything that she comes in contact with. And so it's important you know, when you're talking about submission, when you're talking about a woman showing up and being soft, there has to be trust, there has to be protection, and you can't negate those things and expect a woman to show up and give you all of the blessings that she can, and you're not creating a space where she's protected on any front. I love it. So, uh, Chief Farrell, how can they stay in contact with you? Cecile, how can they stay in contact with you? And we out this thing, man. This was a beautiful conversation. Go ahead, Chief Farrell. Y'all can follow me at she.farrow on Instagram. Once again, that is she.p-h-a-r-a-o-h. I do host two shows in the Atlanta area at the Black Coffee at Black Coffee ATL. Follow me, follow me, follow me, and the collective at Village Inspired Poets. Once again, Village Inspired Poets. And thank you once again, Brother Montoya, for having me. Uh, yeah. So, real quick. So y'all uh, connect with me at Sincere Sincere. That's Sincere Sincere, S-I-N-S-E-A-R-S-I-N-C-E-R-E. I will be speaking at a spiritual center tomorrow, 10 a.m. East Atlanta, so you can connect with me there. I'll be breaking down scientifically and spiritually manifestation. And we're going to close out with some words from Sincere to end this amazing show. And I got a surprise for y'all at the tail end of this very show. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. She obeys my every command. With instrument in hand and plan in mind as I stroke her from the front side and behind. Sometimes not even being able to sleep. You see, that's just how deep it is for me. I am forever infatuated and eternally elated to have known her for so long, yet the loving is so strong is as, as, as if we met yesterday. See, my insides, they burn with a passion for as I can't stand to be away. She's living proof that blessings do exist because I see her every day. And I say that to say that she makes me feel some kind of way when we into what we're doing, strictly business, no time for play. When I'm down and out at times, she's hell-bent on making me feel okay. When I'm inside of her at times, she, she overcomes me with emotions. She's never worried about me stepping out on her because she has my undying devotion. I mean, I'm drunk off her spirit as if it's some kind of love potion. I'm sailing in her ocean, making every attempt to reach that place. She uses me to her advantage and still manages to keep a smile on my face. But she has to be smitten with me too, you see, because she just won't leave me alone. I guess that's what happens when you're giving it to her, right? You're making a foundation to build that on. My heart, it beats to the rhythm of her song. And whenever she moves, I feel an obligation to tag along. And right now, I'm a complete man because she's made this house her home. She is the orchestrator of these soulful words. Oh, I'm perfect for her, and yeah, she's perfect for me. Or her name, although she can go by many, quite simply, I call her poetry. I look over my marriage, if I were to judge it in year five or year ten, there was never 50-50. And so, yeah, there were times when I felt like I was 70% in and he was doing 30%. Um, 
because of the choices that I made in terms of how I wanted our family to look. I had to take my foot off of my career gas pedal, uh, never putting on the brake but slowing up a little bit. Um, those are the natural compromises that are required, and I feel bad when I see young people giving up on their relationships because there, there are periods of hard. So I think it's important for us to be honest in those conversations, not to glamorize what a partnership feels like because then uh, young people quit too soon. Words from our first lady, Michelle Obama. All I ask is that you think.